Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Amen. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Why are you chuckling? Why? Well, I know some of you are thinking that I should be, you know, come with a furrowed brow. And I'm not saying after all of these years and through many, many tears that I don't have a furrowed brow uh, that is beginning to set in my uh, forehead. <laughs> because there have been a lot of serious times in my life in these 75 years. But I'm telling you, there's, and we're in a serious time right now, and I am serious about this time that we are in, in sounding the alarm and sounding a warning uh, to God's people and to people everywhere that Christ is coming soon. The tribulation is drawing near. Uh, all this is happening in the umbrella of end-time events, but I'm happy in Jesus. I've never been more happy to be a Christian than now. The persecution is cranking up, ratcheting up, uh, because of of a, a, a biblical worldview that true Christians still cling to and have today. And if you're a Christian today, we welcome you to this broadcast, and we're so glad that you are part of the family of God and that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Hallelujah. You've already been redeemed in terms of your sins being forgiven and the price paid in full. Uh, the ransom has been paid to set you free. But Jesus is coming for his children very, very soon. If you're not a Christian today, I want you to stay tuned and be our special guest uh, and listen to our message today uh, because it's a message to everyone, saved and unsaved, Jew and Greek, bond and free, rich and poor. <laughs> I started to say fat and skinny, but we won't even go there. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, friend of mine, I'm happy today because I know Jesus is coming very, very soon. I'm seriously committed to getting the gospel to as many people as I can with the time that I have left. God has blessed me with strength and health to do that. After a stroke 10 years ago, I was knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, but it was okay because God let let me stay to take care of my family, fulfill my calling, and I'm, I feel more convinced than I've ever been that this, the coming of the Lord is very, very near. And that's because it is a season, and all those things that it said would be happening just prior to his coming in the culture, in the world, is hap in the church, is happening right now. And we can see it, we can read it, we can watch it every single day occurring, just like the Bible said that it would. This is no time to be drifting from God. This is, and carried with the tide that is pulling uh, the whole world away from God. This is a time to be drawing near 
to God. And that's why we're not just uh, warning people to get close and stay close to God. We're bringing you a message today to stimulate that desire to be close to Him. Hallelujah. Not just driven to Him by fear alone, but drawn to Him because of the love that He has shown us in Jesus Christ and the love that Christ demonstrated to us at the cross. Hallelujah. Well, that is their text today. Our text uh, and message today and text are one and the same. And there they crucified Him. There they crucified Him. In St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 23 and verse 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary. That word Calvary in the Aramaic is Golgotha, and it's place of the skull, place of where death is occurring, where crucifixions were taking place. And that is the hill upon which Jesus was crucified. There they crucified him is the title of our message today. Let me read it once again, verse 33, one verse from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 23. When they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Listen, today, more than ever, in order to be safe, in order to be ready for the coming of the Lord, we need to draw near to Jesus. And, and drawing near to Jesus and rekindling the fire of the first love, we need to do that at the foot of the cross, looking up to the man on the cross, suffering and dying in our behalf. Because our love for Him is not just because it is demanded or commanded, but it should be offered because it is deserved. Scripture said the first and great commandment is this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, with all thy soul, thy mind, thy body, thy spirit, thy strength, with everything you have and everything you are. Now, how can we truly love God like that unless that love is stimulated in us by God himself? The scripture says we love him, not just because he demanded it, but because we see how much he deserves it. We love him because he first loved us. So the cross is not to be remembered today to evoke mere sympathy or pity, but rather to evoke love and gratitude. <laughs> Our Lord's life was not taken from him, dear friend. Nails couldn't hold him to that tree. It had to be love, divine, determined, deliberate love. A love so powerful that the agonies of being tortured to death could not quench it. It held him firm to the cross for six hours of agony. 
Oh, friend of mine, while they taunted him and, 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 and they tried their best, uh, to get him to, it will, to, to just hurt him more by the, 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 the taunts that they hurled at him. If you're the great physician, heal yourself. If you're the son of God, come down off of that cross. But he stayed on that cross even when he felt abandoned and alone. And cried out on that cross, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which being interpreted is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He didn't die with the comfort and the consolation of God's grace and God's presence. He died as a man alone and abandoned as a sinner. Even though he never sinned, he took our sins and he took our place and he took our punishment. So our text today says simply, there, they crucified him. These are four short words in English. There are only three in the actual Greek text. They are brief, but so full of meaning. These four words sum up one of two of the most important events in human history. You see, friend, the cross is the symbol and the source of man's salvation. It is venerated, it's worn as jewelry, it's used in architecture, but in the first century, the cross meant something entirely different. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 23, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. 1 Corinthians one twenty three, The idea of the Son of God dying on a Roman cross was a scandal to the Jews, scandalon, and ludicrous to the Gentiles. In the quarters of the imperial page, uh, boys on the Pal- Palatin Hill of Rome, a very interesting drawing has been found. It dates back to the 3rd century. I want to read that to you. It's a picture of a crucified man with the head of a donkey. Beneath is a boy worshiping him. The inscription reads, Alexamenos worships his God. Clearly one of the pages was a Christian and the other boys were teasing him and taunting him, ridiculing the fact that the Lord of Alexamenos had been crucified. The marvelous part of this picture, though, that a second inscription is also found there. It's written in a different style, so it was done by another person. It says, Alexamenos is faithful. You see, in spite of the peer pressure, he stood firm and boasted of his crucified Lord. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 4, 6, rather, in verse 14, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me, and I unto the world. In Galatians 6.14, in the paraphrase, I like it. It says, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. 
You want to overcome the world, the flesh and the devil, beginning with the world, Satan's system, to, to tempt us and, and to taunt us and to persecute us. Listen, the best way to overcome the world is, is to really, really live for Christ. Someone said to, to me one time what I heard another preacher answer when the same question was asked him. And that is this, will I have to give up my sin, sinner friends, my flaky friends, if you please, if I come to Christ as my Savior? And the answer is simply no. You won't have to give them up. Really, really commit to follow Jesus and they will give you up. You see, the scripture said this. Let me, let me sound a little bit of teaching and warning here while we stop for a moment today. It said, evil communications corrupt good manners. And in the actual Greek, it's reading out this way. Evil companionships corrupt good morals. The crowd you're running with, you've heard the adage before, birds of a feather flock together. We need to make sure if you're a Christian or you recently come to Christ or you've been serving Christ for years that we begin to, to well, recognize that the people we hang out with, you're either going to influence them for Jesus or they're going to influence you to begin to drift away. You need to show real Christian respect for God and responsibility to God. Don't let peer pressure cause you, because peer pressure doesn't just exist in school. It doesn't just exist in college. It exists at the job, at the workplace. It exists at the golf club. It exists at, at anywhere that you are. There's going to be pressure put on you by your peers and sometimes people that should be encouraging you in the Lord. My son had an alcohol problem for years. He became an alcoholic. He got away from God, got away from home, just like the prodigal son. And he picked up drinking, not the hard drugs, but drinking. And it plagued him most of his life. He is with the Lord now. He died at 53 years of age, not just short of his 54th birthday, not too many years ago. He came to Christ in a full-blown commitment to Jesus. And I'm so glad I'm going to see him soon and live with him forever and with my premature daughter, Lisa Marie, a friend of mine. I've got most of my family is in heaven. <laughs> All of my treasure is laid up in heaven. Praise God. And my heart is there even while I am here right now. But he, he got interested in, in getting in church. And I remember, I remember him, uh, saying, you know, I need to, I need to get, I need to get back in church. And he met a guy that introduced him to a guy that invited him to a church. And, and of all things, him struggling with this alcoholic situation before he was set free in his latter, latter years, 
And he wasn't a bar person. He wasn't a party person. He, he called it self-meditating. <laughs> and, and, and it was anything but. It was a habit and it had a hold on him. Listen. But when the man invited him to church, he said, you'll love our church because the men of the church get together to go out and have a few beers. And that's, regardless of what else they did, that that hit him like a sledgehammer. That hit him. Even Alcoholics Anonymous, which is a, a, a not a religious group, let's say you have to believe in a higher power and you have to stay away from alcohol 100%. I was riding with a preacher. I went down to make a, a, a broadcast actually at a radio station in St. Petersburg years ago. We were coming back and it was lunchtime and I saw a red lobster and I said, maybe we could stop there. I love their, their particular fish they had as a special. And he said, you know, if it'd be all right, can we find somewhere else? And I said, sure. But I was, of course, wondering why he didn't like their fish. <laughs> and he said, he said to me, he said, I used to be an alcoholic and God set me free from it. But when I'm around people drinking and drinks, I feel a drawing and I'm not yet past that drawing that I can be in that situation. That was honesty and I appreciated it. He was growing in grace even though he was a preacher of the gospel and he knew where his weak areas were and his devotion to Christ was stronger than the pull of his weak flesh. Friend of mine, that's crucifying the flesh and the lust thereof in order to follow Jesus Christ. That's what it means when it says deny yourself. If you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. It means in order to follow Jesus, we have to crucify the flesh. Amen. And that's why the message of the cross is so important. And that's why Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14 is so important today. As for me, may I never boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It is said that Gandhi once asked some Christian missionaries to sing him a song. They asked which song would he like to hear. He said, and I quote, the one that expresses all that is deepest in your faith. After briefly consulting one another, this is what they sang. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count at loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Listen to First John, dear friend, 4, 9 and 10. It said, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation 
for our sins. The Amplified says very clearly, In this the love of God was manifest, displayed, wherein we are concerned, in that God sent His Son, the only begotten, or the unique Son, into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, John sees the source of love among us being the love of God. God showed us what real love is by giving His Son and making it possible for us to share the experience of that love. We love because He first loved us. 1 John 4 and verse 19. We love Him because He first loved us. Prior to our being able to love God like that, He loved us. God acted first. And everything we do in the name of love, in real loving, loving appreciation for Him and to Him, is a response to His love for us. A missionary in India was preaching to a crowd about the crucifixion of Jesus. A Hindu priest was listening, became more restless all the time. He suddenly sprang to his feet. He pleaded with the missionary to leave. When the missionary inquired why, he said it was because of this crucified Jesus. And he admitted that they had no one like him in Hinduism for sinners. He was afraid the people would forsake their Hindu temple and follow Jesus Christ. That is the power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus coming and dying on the cross. It is the most powerful, the most pertinent message in all of Scripture. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I don't want to know anything among you except Christ and Him crucified. Amen. And that's why John 12, verse 32 and 33 says, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to me. I remember when I first heard that scripture and we were in the middle of singing praises and the song leader said as a young Christian to, to me and to all of us that, that Sunday morning, let's lift up Jesus. I think we actually sung the song, lift him up. Lift him up, lift the name of Jesus higher. Amen. One of those songs of magnifying and glorifying Jesus. But what this scripture is saying, if I be lifted up from the earth, is talking about if I be crucified on that cruel cross, that kind of love, that kind of self-sacrifice, that kind of a powerful love for the lost and for human beings that, that are without God and without hope, that kind of message of the cross and Jesus' death on that cross would melt the hearts that can be melted and draw men and women, boys and girls, to Jesus Christ as Savior. I like it in the Amplified. It says it clearly. 
And I, if and when I am lifted up from the earth, parenthesis, on the cross, will draw and attract all men, Gentiles as well as Jews, to myself. And this he said, verse 33, to signify what manner of death he would die. He was crucified, and there he was crucified. Crucifixion was a terrible way to torture and kill a person. Cicero, an ancient Roman author, had witnessed many crucifixions. He said the victims often became raving madmen before they died from fever, thirst, infection, pain, exhaustion, and other problems. Sometimes the tongues of men on a cross were cut to stop their terrible cries and screams. It's clearly one of the worst methods of punishment ever devised by mankind. That's why we sing that song, Who Am I? Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, Not my will, thine for? The answer I will never know why he ever loved me so, that to an old rugged cross he would go. For who am I? Dear friend of mine, the cross is still the symbol of the greatest love the universe will ever know and has ever known. There is no message in any world religion like the message of the cross, which is the centerpiece of the Christian faith. Amen. A.M. Hunter explains the intention of Jesus this way when he went to that cross in our behalf. He said, and I quote, What the gospel tells us is that Jesus saw his death not as a glorious afterthought, which would move men's hearts by its splendor of self-sacrifice, but as the very soul of his mission, the thing God sent him in the world to do. There's a painting of Jesus somewhere that, that shows him in the carpenter's shop. A long, hard day of work, he's standing up, stretching his arms out. The setting sun is breaking through the door. The rays of the sun cast the shadow of his figure on the wall with outstretched arms. The shadow looks like it was a man being crucified. Jesus knew he would die a sacrificial death. This is the very reason he came into the world. It was not an afterthought. It did not catch him by surprise. He expected it from the very beginning. Friend, that baby lying in the cradle had a mission to fulfill. And that's why one of the magi, one of the wise men, brought that that was used to, to embalm, to, to, to place upon the body. He brought myrrh. Listen frankincense and myrrh. Friend of mine, today, the message of the cross is still the central message. It is still the soul-saving message. Amen. It is, it is the message that not only draws lost people to Christ, it is the one that keeps saved people at the foot of the cross. In 
total devotion to Jesus. Not just emotion, but devotion. There's a difference in emotion, in feeling, uh, when we hear the message of crucifixion and the agonies that he went through, and we're moved to tears. You've got to do more than be moved to tears. You've got to be moved to take up your cross and follow him today. He became our sacrifice, died in our place, our substitute on the cross. They lifted him up, suspended between heaven and earth, and he bridged the gap, the awful chasm sin had created between fallen man and a holy God. And this is what draws men to him. Praise God. Amen. In closing today, I I like stories, and I've been telling them today from missionaries. In Africa a long time ago, a tribal chief had captured an enemy, was relishing the thought of putting him to death. A British officer who was present tried to persuade him not to execute the prisoner. He offered a ransom of sizable sum for the man. The chief said, I do not want gold or money. I want blood. They were about to shoot their arrows at the man when the officer stepped in front of him. The arrow had already been released and struck him in the arm. The officer literally yanked it out and showed it to the chief, saying, Here is blood. I've given it for this man, and now I claim his life. The chief gave in and released the prisoner to him. And that prisoner bowed down on the ground, vowing to be a slave to the officer for the rest of his life. Well, today, we want to be bond slaves of Christ after we come to Jesus for the rest of our life. Amen. I find joy in being a disciple of Jesus our media, our our minister of media, brother Doug uh, Herring, he 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 his 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 name that he uses for his email is Dulos, and it means a a bond slave. It means a, someone so committed. We love our master so much, we don't just endure being a servant of him. We enjoy being able to do something for the one that shed his blood to set us free. To set us free, not just from death and it's done, but from eternal banishment and punishment from the presence of God, from hell itself, oh friend of mine. And 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 promising us a place in heaven forever, age without end. We do not just escape the damnation of hell. We gain all of the joy and bliss of heaven. And you know what makes heaven the sweetest for me is not the holy city that John describes in detail in the book of Revelation. It is the Son of God that gave himself for us. The only person I believe that will still have scars 
when we get to heaven. People have died in all kinds of ways, and no one will have the the scars. I believe everyone will be perfect and healed and 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 in a perfect body. This body made perfect, corruptible putting on incorruption and mortal putting on immortality. Oh, but Jesus, I believe, will have scars on his hands, his feet, his side, to remind us through the eons of eternity, I loved you this much that I would stay on that cross, give my life so you could have life eternal. Praise God. The message of the cross is not antiquated. It's not outdated. It does not need to be updated. Hallelujah. It is the message that saved in the first century of the church and it saves in the 21st century. Praise God. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to every one of us who are saved, it is representative of the very power of God to save us. And the person that God sent, God loved us enough to give us His only begotten Son. And Jesus loved us enough to go to the cross, stay on the cross, pay our sin debt in full today. And every time I hear that great hymn of faith, that great invitation song, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. If I wasn't a Christian today, in light of what I've just read from Scripture, I would be drawn to Jesus again. I would I would get saved. I'd run to Jesus. Oh, friend, don't let the devil blind you to the good news, to the message of God's grace and God's great love for fallen men and women, boys and girls. Nothing and no one is more important than this. Today I urge you, if you don't know Jesus, to come to know Him. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. Repenting of your sin. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. And if you're a Christian today, and you feel like you're being pulled by the world, pushed by your peers, to not truly follow Him, Come back to the foot of the cross. Kneel once again like you did in the very beginning of your salvation. Look up. See Jesus once again dying for you. Hallelujah. And sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And let's follow Jesus and let's be found faithful when He comes in Jesus' name.